0: Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler, and we'll be discussing practical ways to help small children learn the faith. Well, um, it's great, great to great to be with you all uh, for another episode of On Mission. Um, before we dive into our topic chosen today by kate um i i I, we have to let all of our listeners know that uh, this will be kate's last podcast with us as a co-host of on mission um i i I, you know i I don't want to turn this into a eulogy but you know (laughs) (laughs) so uh, you know obviously kate you've been on the podcast for ever since the beginning (laughs)
1: Since yeah, three, since the beginning. The only the only time that Kate would, would not be on the podcast is when she when she would be on maternity leave. Right. Right. right.
2: So three I guess three times now. Three
1: times, yeah.
2: <laughs> Made so it to the hundredth episode. Well, that,
1: this is why we're doing the, the, the episode we, on small children. Exactly.
2: <laughs> this is my forte here. Yeah. Wait, we we don't I I day to day.
1: I don't I have no idea how many episodes you, you've been on, Kate, but it's been a lot.
2: It's been yeah. a lot. It's been but a
1: but that was not the beginning of your your time with the with the right. center. You've right. you've been a, a center staff member for for what now eight years?
2: Yep, eight
1: and a half. Wow, eight and a half years.
2: Many
1: and hats. A lot of many hats. Many hats. Many different things. Could you talk yep. about a little bit about some of the things you did? And of course, the blog. Yes. You know, years of doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: well, what were some of the other things that you've been involved with with the center, Kate?
2: So when I started, it was the summer right after I graduated from the Augustine Institute and finished my master's in um, theology. I studied leadership for the new evangelization, and I was just so thrilled that there was an organization already living out all of the things that I had been studying in class, Um, accompaniment, um, just... Talking in the same lingo as everything in theology, it was just like, wow, there's actually an organization that's like doing this. They're working for, at the time we were talking about the new evangelization a lot. And I was like, this organization is living that. And so I was just thrilled that right after graduating and as I was preparing um, for marriage, I was able to work part-time as um the social media coordinator for the Catholic Postlet Center, as well as um I was in charge of the newsletter and the blog. Um, and so, you know, writing for the blog, editing all things I loved, and then sending out our newsletter and doing all of the social media, which um was great as well. So and with, and our yeah.
1: And the social media; these are, you know, we have sizable platforms uh, of social media. The blog is is certainly our our most visited uh, because it's it's published twice a week. It's Mm -hmm. our it's our most visited aspect of the of the website. Uh, And then then entering into the the podcast and then the newsletter as well. The newsletter has a a, a very expansive readership, and Mm -hmm. so these are these were not you know even though you were part-time you've been part-time these are major projects and then developing our our podcasts and particularly this podcast of on mission mm-hmm. but also you've been been engaged in some of the retreats, the yeah, online presenting. retreats and presenting you, you've yep. done right. a number of times of presenting we've done some consulting, consulting work, work yeah and
2: yeah. so, some of our books as well yeah mm-hmm.
1: so it's it, it you really immersed yourself in in the in the work of the center and and it's a a blessing. We want to just very publicly thank you for, for that blessing. We know that you're, you're not going to go away completely. You're, you're moving into the collaborator category of, uh, of of the center uh, as well as, as offering to still make some guest appearances on, on, on mission here and there. So we're very blessed about that because you just have been, uh, a terrific uh, collaborator in terms of as a staff member as a person who really has embraced the mission of the center and have made it your your own and have really brought so much so i just want to thank you very very much for that kate and but one area of passion certainly that you have is is around faith formation and mm-hmm. you talked about that earlier. You do have your masters in, in the in the field, um, but now it's also a very lived experience, as you have small children and and you have one who's your eldest is is on the cusp of first Holy Communion, right?
2: Absolutely terrifying and extremely exciting at the same time. Wow,
1: mm-hmm. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and so so what about this with small and you know and Chris, Chris has a, a Three almost, well, three and a half. He's more than three uh, and a half. He's three and three yeah, quarters. But we have a, <laughs>
0: we have a three-nager in the house. Yeah. Like we have. yeah. yeah so, that's
1: a real thing. Um, yeah. so, and your, your, your kids range in age from, let's see, from what, what age is now? Let's, let's see.
2: Me, two to seven. Two
1: to seven. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Two to seven. So that's a critical age. They're like, amazing sponge like they take in everything they see everything they hear everything it's just that, you know even if they're even if they're playing with with their trucks and watching something else like they're they're taking whatever is going on around them in absolutely and, and faith is one of those things so and and sometimes that can be really and we've talked about this at other times in the podcast but we wanted to we wanted to talk about tonight um about this like practical ways like how does how does one go go about this mm-hmm. i don't really have this problem as a priest, okay. but i i will say you know as a as a, I, I would take very seriously being a godfather
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I have three godchildren they are all now uh in in college, and I took very I've been very intentional and the same is true with my um one of my one of my uh, godchildren is the eldest of my nephews and nieces but also with my nephews and nieces it's it's critically important to try and find ways to express faith to them mm-hmm. I don't see them on a regular basis I'm not like a parent in that sense but um but I I I have tried to talk about this with different with the parents of my godchildren and so forth, because it's not easy at all, and particularly at a young age. So, what are some of those ways to, to and what are some of the things to think about
2: mm-hmm. for
1: when 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 the, when kids are really small and you have that very intentional time with them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of parents might be a little terrified. Um, the church says that we are the primary educators of our children. And it's like, well, who am I? Like, wh- I don't know everything. I don't, you know, we. but our primary responsibility is to educate our children and, and raise them in the faith. And even when you are taking your vows at the altar, when you're getting married, you you commit to that. And so it's this awesome responsibility. And it's very humbling that the Lord gives that to us. I think about that often, like, why? why do you trust us broken men and women so much um to raise these precious souls um and to bring them back to you because that is the goal of parenthood is to raise young men and women who will then be responsible enough and make the faith their own and and to get them to heaven really so it's this beautiful responsibility but you know, before everyone's like turning this off because they're terrified, the Lord gives us grace every single day. And He He does not call call us to the impossible. Um, He raises us up and gives us the grace to do this um, in the midst of our weaknesses. And there are certainly times when we will fail. Um, a consolation that I have is that the Lord loves my children way more than I do. And I love my children with everything I have. And so He cares for them infinitely more and wills their good and also wants them to be back with him. And so that is a huge consolation. Um, But as I was thinking about, you know, what are these practical tips of how do we raise our children um, with faith? How do we bring that to life for them? Um, I think you you made a really good point, Father, and that is that children are sponges. It's true. They just absorb everything around them. And most of the time when we think about what we've learned, you know, there's a difference between things that are taught and caught. And I think that even, well, regardless of what I'm saying with my mouth, which is very important, Um, my children are looking at my example. At the end of the day, is mom practicing what she preaches? Is mom living out the faith that she professes to believe in? Is she modeling prayer for me? Is she attending the mass and receiving the sacraments? And does she view those as her lifeline? You know, where where do their where do mom and dad go to go when they are scared or angry or frightened or joyful? And hopefully for us, that's to the Lord. Um, And so just kind of praying about okay, what am I showing my children about the faith? Um, Do I need to learn more? And it's okay if you do, we all do. And there's so much um, to learn about the Catholic faith that it's a lifelong journey. We will never know everything, but we can be learning something. Um, We can read scripture each day with our kids. You can pull out a Bible story and do one a day and just be reading the Word of God together and reflecting on that together. Um, If you have the bandwidth, maybe doing a craft about what you read in the Bible or doing a coloring sheet. Um, We also, of course, can't underestimate the power and importance of prayer. And so I think a lot of us know, like, okay, we do bedtime prayers and we do mealtime prayers um, maybe a morning offering as a family. So just having prayer kind of be, um, what kind of gives a rhythm to your schedule, um, is really helpful too. Chris, would you agree? Like, I, I feel like for our family, it's like, okay, we, we're going to sit down and get, you know, we're going to have our meal and it just kind of re we regroup when we start a meal with prayer, when we end the day with prayer
0: yeah i think you you definitely need to find the rhythm that's right for you it's not going to be the same for everyone and I, but i think the the hard part is finding finding that rhythm or attempting to find it it's very easy to uh not make it a priority and not and and skip or whatever the case is right to it's easier to just ignore and 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 i think sometimes as parents even you have to uh, remind yourself that like what, like exactly what you were saying that your, your kids are looking to you as models. And if you're not going to make it a priority, then why should they? And as they get older, even, even in, you know, we're talking about small kids, even in those small, those short periods of time, too short of that, where they're, you know, these sponges, um, they still remember uh, my my kid has an exemplary memory and uh you know he'll say the day before day before day before day before you did this right and and what well, we didn't do the da, da 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 and so i think you're right find, find be, a practical tip is finding that rhythm attempt you know don't put don't skip over finding that rhythm and do not assume that your kids are not paying attention don't assume that your kids don't care um you know, so many times I've heard. If I'm not around at dinner, you know, um, or you know, if I'm, um, um, you know, he'll he'll say, "He's like, oh, well, we, Vinny will say, like, oh, we need to pray. You know, we need to we need to make sure he'll remind, start reminding people that we need to do that." Um, it's also, you know, it's also always very interesting when we're not at home, right? And we're having dinner out, or we're having dinner at somewhere else, and and you you kind of, I will say, it's a little awkward sometimes when you're like, um, we need to pray, you know, because, <laughs> you know, maybe that's not what wherever you are. It's not where you're used to. But for your child, um, it becomes, yes, in some cases for them, I'm sure developmentally, if my wife were here, she'd talk about how repeti- it's all repetition. But I think it's more than that. It's it's they understand what why you're taking the time to do it. They're not I've seen Vinny start with why or like questioning why and then it's become, yeah, it became repetition. But now it's like uh, you're, like you said, uh, calming a reset, a an anchor almost to mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Um, And what better anchor than, you know, than Christ?
1: Mm
2: hmm. I think in the early years, it's hard to find that rhythm. Um, You're just kind of overwhelmed with your vocation as a parent. You're not in your prime. You're not getting all the hours of sleep you're used to. You're, You're learning everything at once about what it means to be a parent and the logistics and the changing of the diapers and all of these things. And so I felt like with my first that I had to kind of emerge from the fog and I, and I was really grasping for those anchors. Like you were talking about, Chris Um, one thing that has also helped me as the years have gone by, I now homeschool my children. And so I realized like, Oh, I have to set the schedule. Like the schedule is not just going to appear and I don't just drop my kids off and somebody else has, most of that schedule. And then I can fit my schedule in. It's like, I have to create the schedule. And so I realized, okay, like we really need to start the day with prayer. And one, one small thing that we've really enjoyed doing to start our homeschool day is I put on a hymn and we get our votive blessed candles and we have an image of the sacred heart of Jesus. And I just turn on the hymn and the kids get to process around the house Listening to the song, hopefully singing a few words of it too. The best part is they get to hold fire in their hands, even Eleanor, who's two, and walk around with her little candle and it kind of gets the jitters out and starts our day. We just give our day to God. And you know, that that's enough. Like it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. I think, like you said, Chris, like find something that works for your family. And try to stick with that because, yes, that repetition and that faithfulness is is such an anchor, as you mentioned, and also frees your children up to like really think about deeper truths. It's like, oh, I'm singing this song, you know, every morning for a semester or for a season and I'm repeating it and I can really get into, you know, some of the theological truths of that. Who knows how deeply our kids are doing that, but it kind of is. Is molding their hearts in a way, much as scripture does too, when you can just kind of scripture bubbles up and you're like, oh, there's a verse that really fits into this um, scenario. So, even just something simple like that, um, we found. And two, you know, offering our day, um, we ask, okay, who do you want to offer your day for? And a lot of times it's my family, my friends. And so, just thinking about like, okay, I can use everything I do this day as a prayer and so I offer it up and and that's it. Um as your children can get older too, I mean, you can start with some basic prayers, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, glory be, um, you know, the blessing of the meal. And maybe I don't know where Vinny's at, but maybe your kids are getting kind of tired of like the same old prayers. Well the beauty is there are hundreds of prayers. And so as my sons have gotten older, They've learned things like the Magnificat or maybe working on the creed from mass so they can participate in the liturgy. Um, um, yeah, just different Psalms. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. St. Michael, we get our like hands out and pretend we're fighting the devil. And of course, my boys love that, you know, when they're like just so tired of saying the same prayers all the time. So there are ways, I think, to to be creative and say like, OK, maybe our family has a special patron saint that we want to pray to or um, a special prayer like the saint francis prayer or um, uh, something from from scripture so you know you can really think about like ta- you know tailoring it to your family as well
1: i think also that and you mentioned this with the the image of the sacred heart and the vote of candles i think that sacramentals within a home images mm-hmm. and prayer cards and the rosary and just things around yes are are very powerful witnessing tools if you will to to a young person and i have found in my work over many years with college students that the the people that they'll point to who had all those things in their homes have been the grandparents, mm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not necessarily, they didn't, they weren't necessarily in their home and, and maybe they've now decided that they want to live their faith. And it's been interesting then watching them make their homes and mm-hmm. then put these things in their homes in a way that maybe they didn't have in, uh, as a kid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and the, and now they're showing that to their own children because it's just there. Mm-hmm. These and and then they can use those moments, uh, those images that are in the home, as a way of 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 just not only level of comfort, but a comfort a comfortability of having them around. These are not just things you see in a church, but there are some things like them in the home, and to be able to talk about them mm-hmm. or to use them. Mm-hmm. In the ways that you're you're talking about, uh, that then it just becomes part of daily life, mm-hmm. and not this unique thing over here uh, that that we might sometimes look at as you know it's and it, it's, and or it sits in a cabinet somewhere
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and maybe is brought out at, in special special occasions.
2: Yeah, holy water is a great example too. Kids love holy water. Like when we go to church, that's what they everyone wants to do is dunk their hand, usually more than one time. And we have holy water around our house and the kids will just grab the bottle and say, can you give me a blessing? Can you give me like they just think it's so cool when their father or mother takes the water and does the sign of the cross for them. And um, I remember, at least in my case, growing up, my mom, anytime we left the house, My mom was out there with her hand extended, praying over us, giving us her blessing. Anytime we left the house, she would sign us with the cross and do special prayers. And I would say as parents, like don't underestimate your role as as leaders, as like the priests, especially the fathers, um, priests of your household, but we're all baptized priest, prophet, and king. And so your kids need your blessing. If you can bless them every day either in the morning or at night that's a great small act that you can do um to just extend that grace from God and really um really just exercise that parental authority over your child with such a gift of of blessing so that's another another small thing that I thought of
0: I think one of the other <clears throat> things that I think parents are uh... I don't want to say parents are hesitant to do it, but I think that there's some anxiety around it. I know that I experience it myself is bringing your kids to mass. And especially again, we're talking about small kids. If you're 12 your year olds going to mass and he's acting out or she's acting out, it's a whole another story, but with little kids, right? There's obviously there's the, like, okay, we're going to go and you have to come with us. And when they're really small and they don't make any noise or they kind of, they're contained, right? It's easy. But when they become uncontained and they are mobile, um, (laughs) they're definitely, you know, there's obvious, you have to, there's a lot more anxiety. I think that comes with that, right? They start, there's all kinds they make all kinds of noises and you don't know why they're making noises and they need to go do all these things. Right. And, And it's always great when you hear the priest, especially at the end of a particularly loud and expressive mass, you know, talk about how wonderful it is, you know, to to hear the kids. Okay, that makes you feel great. But I think as parents, right, like you're not always going to hear that. Um, Hopefully you do and hopefully you feel comfortable. But I think you have to kind of blow through that anxiety because it's important to bring them with you. Right. And one of the things that, you know, the practical things that we've done over the last, I guess, two years, year and a half, where Vinny started sort of paying more attention, you know, is we kind of, what do you see? What do you, you know, what is it, What, how can we explain to you what's going on, you know? And again, it may seem trivial and and simple and you don't want to, I I think, well, you know, one of the things you don't want to do necessarily, you want to bring it to their level without dumbing it down. And I, I think we have a tendency to try to, if it's too complicated, we try to stay away from those topics or whatever, but I mean, there's a lot of things going on, right. And a lot of symbolism, a lot of sacrifice, eh, you know, all kinds of things to look at and hear, and see and touch. Um, And I think um, as a parent, you have a responsibility to sort of figure out the best way to explain it to your kids as to what they're seeing, and what they're experiencing. And, you know, Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus and don't, you know, and, and, and and God and Mary. And, and this is the mass and you start using the language that they are going to inevitably need to use and hear. Um, Because the rest of the day, you're sort of, you may, you may try to dumb things down, but I think it's important um, when you're at mass to kind of, oh, Vinny, why? you know, what color is the priest wearing today? What is that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and they start to realize as they go through the year, things change. Why did they change? Why did this change? Why aren't we saying this thing anymore? Um, and again, modeling that behavior and explaining to them why it's important at some points to, you know, be quiet or to kneel or what, why are we doing the things that we're doing? Um, and to continue those conversations even after mass, in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, to show you know that, it's, that there's some connection there. That's mm-hmm. you know that's that's worked for us.
2: Yeah, and to keep going, I think it's it can be really demoralizing to be a, a parent with young children at mass. You know, like you mentioned, Chris, getting looks from people or you know. Ellie ran up the main aisle the other day. Oh, she terrifying. made it at least halfway, terrifying, up, pretty close to consecration. You know, it's just like all the cl- we've we've been through all that. I'm still going through it now. If you're going always watching that, the
0: hands, I feel never for- know where the hands are going to go when you're in that procession line. When you, um, when you're in the <laughs> communion line, you get to the front. It's like my anxiety starts to build as as we get up there, and it's like, what is he going to do? What's in his <laughs> hands? Most of the times, he's He's raising the truck, the little truck toy along, you know, when the priest presents the host um, and he'll still, he, it's so interesting looking when the kid, when they're, they're small and they can walk on their own and they're, you're not holding them and they just look up. Right. And they're watching mom or dad receive the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then like, as we struck, like normally my wife's in front of me and, and, like, she'll start to walk away and he'll just still be looking, right? And he kind of got to pull him away. And it's in those moments, it's like, what are you thinking about? And what, like, you, you can almost tell that he realizes there's something other, you know, something magnificent happening there. And what, what has just occurred. And, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, then there are other days where he might be tugging on a vestment. And, you know, <laughs> and you just you know... But I think you're right. You have to keep going. You, keep, you mm-hmm. have to keep you have to keep doing it to mm-hmm. push
2: through. Yeah, um, I, I was really blessed the other day we attempted um, First Friday Mass, which, you know, alone with three kids at a daily mass. Pretty harrowing experience, <laughs> especially because <laughs> earlier that week was um, the solemnity of all saints. And so that was my second daily mass with three children alone. (laughs) Um, So we were, you know, it was, it was, that was when Ellie was like running down the aisle and all the things. But afterwards our parish priest had um, adoration and, you know, the kids by that point are like melting and I'm like, okay, let's just go in the narthex and like do a couple little songs and like a prayer of like, Jesus, I love you. Or thank you, Jesus, like call it a day. And father came out afterwards and I was like, you know, I'm sorry if we were disruptive, and you know, thank you so much. And he said, you know, this is where your kids need to be, and um, where how are they going to learn otherwise? How are they going to learn? He's like, are you gonna? Are they gonna uh, automatically going to learn when they're teenagers? It's like, no, you you start it now and you build slowly and you lay that foundation, and you might not see the fruit of it for a while, and that's okay. Um, But like we've been saying, just stay faithful, stay, you know, do the little things, find your routines, don't give up and, and ask the Lord for help, like we mentioned. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that as well. And I also would be remiss if we didn't talk about liturgical feasts and the liturgical calendar. That's another huge way for families to really evangelize and bring the faith home especially around meals. We all love food. It's a great time of gathering. Everyone in the family needs to eat anyway. And if there's a special feast going on in the church or a special saints feast day that you um, kind of have a friendship with or like to pray to, that's another wonderful opportunity as a family to gather and to start some really beautiful traditions and there is so much online about how you can do that there are entire ministries dedicated um, to that and how to how to live the liturgical season as a family Uh, one of my favorites is for padre pio who says um pray hope and don't worry someone does pray hope and donut worry and so on that day they have donuts and I'm like, great. If you can make um, some kind of liturgical celebration fun and memorable, that's what, you know, your kids are going to look forward to. And they're going to say, yes, it's Padre Pio's feast day and we get to eat donuts or whatever it may be. Um so yeah, I wanted to just mention to 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 take advantage of the liturgical cal- calendar in the church. It's it's so rich. You guys can cut me I off. I feel like if we let ever, Kate go, we'll yeah, yeah if we, be a we, part we two, part three.
1: So we've been talking about the the communion of saints and the and so well, what about the Kate about the community of of people who are around because no no family you can try and teach faith in a vacuum but we're a communitarian faith mm-hmm. as catholics mm-hmm. you know, the, the communion with with the the trinity with the communion of saints with one you know they with those who are you know in in purgatory and then also those uh, who are here on earth and and that and that community that Body of Christ that is that is uh, to here on Earth, and so what does that look like in terms of the the friendships, the family, the connections that that um, often are are a challenge in a in a very individualized society, and how to uh, assist you know the effect that that has on kids as they're growing up
2: mm-hmm. and faith. Mhm. Community and friendships are fundamental to to really um exemplifying what these lives of faith look like and earlier father you even talked about your role as a godparent having other men and women other families that are doing are committed to doing what you are doing and that is attempting to pass along the vibrancy and beauty of our faith to their children. We just can't. It is just such a colossal undertaking, as we've mentioned, that we need other other examples of that. And your kids are going to be oversaturated with you. It's just inevitable. Mom and dad, as wonderful and beautiful and perfect and flawed as we are, um, can't do, can't do it all. And so we really um, look to our friends, godparents, neighbors, other parishioners, priests, religious, to help us as families to really support us, um, nourish us, sometimes ease the load. Um, so it, it really, you know, we're, we're in this together. And one way that we can be in this together first is, of course, prayer, praying for one another praying for holy marriages, praying for, um, for family, for vibrant and healthy family life. God came into a family. Jesus chose to be born into a family and a mother and father reflect who God is to their children. And so, um, you know, we can't, we, we can't do this alone. So yes, we need solid friendships and we're really blessed in my neighborhood and community to have a lot of very faithful and intentional christians um catholics and of other denominations that um help even direct my children sometimes help watch my children will bring over meals so really as you're starting your family or as you're living out your your family life i invite you to just pray about you know who, who, who have we surrounded ourselves ourselves with? Um, do, do my kids have other role models apart from me? Do my, parent, my children have other adults that they can trust that are going to share the truth of the gospel with them? Maybe using different words, maybe using different examples than mom or dad, but really reiterating the fundamental truths of the gospel. Are there other adults in my life that can do that? Um, are you inviting families into your home and enriching your children with the experiences and stories and traditions of other people? Uh, in my family, we love to invite either our parish priest or if they're a visiting religious. We've had a lot of seminarians and novices. We try to invite those people, too, into our family life um, so that our children are exposed to different vocations and different holy men and women. So, um, I'm glad you asked that question, Father. I think community and friendships are so, so important. And in a world that really isn't proclaiming the gospel from all corners and mountaintops, um, you know, we need places where, as Catholics, we can go to the well and be filled up so that we can go back out and evangelize and and be strong in our faith. Uh, we really can't do it alone. And so, yes, community and friendships are vital to this.
0: Well, this has been a great conversation uh, about practical ways to help small children learn the faith. That's, uh, that's the long winded way to talk about, we've talked a lot about small kids and faith formation and parenting. And um, there are a ton of podcast episodes in our library that you could go back and talk about, uh, go back and listen to. Um, but this I think was a great conversation and I hope that our listeners uh walk away with some 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 not only practical tips but uh, perhaps encouragement uh to continue moving forward staying on mission with your kids um so to speak and of course we want to uh thank Kate as we said at the top of the podcast this is Kate's last um last episode of on mission as a co-host with us so I'll add my my thanks to Kate and echo everything that father said earlier on it's been a pleasure uh hosting uh, on mission with you and i hope that uh you know you'll be back and and join us for uh, many many topics uh, as a guest host guest uh, guest host in the future kate
2: absolutely thank you both it's been an honor to be with this organization for so many years and to see just the fruits of of the holy spirit's work through each of us um So I'm excited to see what the center has coming up and uh, keep listening to on mission. Everyone, if this has blessed you, please please share it with a friend and thank you so much for listening and and journeying with us as we figure out what it means to live on mission for Christ.
0: And I hope that uh, Kate, when you are on the other side and you are listening that you'll leave us a five-star review uh, (laughs) on Spotify or Apple podcasts or (laughs) Wherever you get wherever your podcasts, I get my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, we turn. We also encourage all of you listening, uh, as Kate said, please share, subscribe, and um, and so you don't miss an episode of this or one of our other many podcasts uh, that we have available uh, from the Catholic Apostolic Center. You can find uh, more of our podcasts on uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, or on our special podcast website, Catholic. Still the Center podcast.com